I'm trying out a new mic. If I stand here, no. If I use this mic, can you hear me? Yes, that is better. Good. So there's a big lake near here. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'm not good at math, but I did a little bit of math this week. And not according to the regular calendar, but by the reckoning of the liturgical calendar, tonight, 375 years ago, 375 years ago tonight, a young European man named Isaac Jogues was walking on what is now the Northway Corridor and came across something that, to the best of our knowledge, no European had seen before. He saw a lake, it was about 32 miles long. And subsequently, about 100 years later, there was an Irish general who wanted to win some brownie points for his employer, King George II, and he renamed this lake, Lake George. But first, on that night, 375 years ago, on the evening of the Feast of Corpus Christi, that man, St. Isaac Jogues, gave that lake a name. Does anyone know what the original name of the lake was? Yeah, Lake of the Blessed Sacrament, Lac du Saint-Sacrement, because it was the evening of this feast, the feast of the most holy body and blood of Jesus, Corpus Christi, and the lake reminded St. Isaac Jogues of what the Eucharist looks like. The Eucharist, this round host, and he saw this big round lake, and there were islands in the middle that kind of reminded him of the Eucharist. I was doing some research this week, and I found a document from about 100 years ago in the Library of Congress where a man is, was writing about kind of the history of this, and he referred to the renaming of the lake to Lake George as an act of vandalism. I don't know if we need to go that far, but he did say something interesting. He said, no Catholic will ever forget that this lake was first called the Lake of the Blessed Sacrament. I like Isaac Jogues a lot. Uh, he was fair, pretty young when he was ordained, and I don't know whether he knew what his first assignment would be when he was ordained. Um, these days, if you get sent to Lake George as a young priest, it's considered kind of a nice thing. Uh, but at that point, it was not. He had no parish. He had no parishioners. He knew he was going to a place where nobody believed in Jesus. Nobody had heard of Jesus. But Isaac Jobes must have experienced something very early on in his life, or maybe later in his life, that drew him to the Eucharist, that drew him to the Mass, that made him want to go to the middle of nowhere, to people who would kill him, to tell them about the Eucharist. Please don't kill me. But if you do, because I told you about the Eucharist, it would be worth it. And so I just want to tell you a little bit uh, about my own experience and my own journey of how I got here. There are lots of details. Some of it's interesting. Some of it's not very interesting. And there wasn't really a moment on my journey um, that was the turning point. But if there was something like a turning point, 
It happened to me when I was, in, when I was 16. I was a junior in high school, um, and I was at that point an atheist. And for some reason at my school, where I went to high school, I went into a chapel one day where people were praying in front of the Eucharist. They did this every Thursday, starting my junior year. And I experienced something that I had never experienced in my life before. By the time I was 16, I had been anxious, I had been depressed, I was angry, I was very sarcastic, uh, you could describe me as having been miserable. And when I was an atheist, and for some unexplainable reason, knelt down in this chapel, I experienced peace. I had never experienced anything like that before. And what I sensed then, and in the following weeks and months and years, is that there is a place that we can come as human beings where no matter how much changes in our life, the circumstances of our life change, the people around us can change, where we live can change. But the Eucharist is always there. And in the Eucharist, Jesus is always trying to befriend us, trying to offer us his friendship. I want to share with you two little quotes about the Eucharist that are really beautiful. Um, you know, sometimes in life we can start to despair, we can give up hope, we can think that Jesus doesn't exist, we can think that God is not present in the world, or that he is and just doesn't care about our life. J.R.R. Tolkien, the author who wrote The Lord of the Rings, he said this about the Eucharist. Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth, the blessed sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all your loves on earth, and more than that. Jesus wanted to establish a new covenant. What does that mean, that it's a covenant? It really means that it's an unbreakable form of friendship that he desires with us. Moses, we heard this, he sprinkled cow's blood on people and said, this is the blood of the covenant, but Jesus did something new. He gave the disciples his body and his blood, and he said, this is my body. Not this is somebody else's blood or somebody else's sacrifice. He said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is given for you. And this, God's presence, is the only thing that can anchor our lives. And this mystery of the Eucharist is really kind of supposed to be like a lake on which everything in our life happens. Sometimes the lake is calm and beautiful. Sometimes it's stormy. But he's there. This is what we cherish as we enter, enter into this celebration, but it's also what we cherish when we leave this celebration. You know, do people who drive by on Aviation Road know or notice? Do we know or notice? The Lord of the universe is in that place. Do people see us and say, wow, the Eucharist must be in that person because something different is going on there? 
we rejoice and we cherish this mystery that Jesus has given his whole self to us as he says, this is my body, this is my blood.